If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. You're listening to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee on Saga 960. I was left to my own well, Welcome to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Always thankful for you joining me. Well, we had a great week in golf on the PGA Tour, which is the last week we'll be alone as far as North American golf goes because next week... We'll have the return of LIV, as well as the return of the LPGA Tour. So this week, just the Genesis Open at Riviera, and of course, the return of Tiger Woods. So a great weekend of golf to be had. So if you want to know what the Tiger Woods effect is, I saw a note on Twitter that Thursday's opening round coverage was up 160% from the opening round of last year's Genesis Open. So 160%, regardless of what you think of Tiger, as some people say, Tiger doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. And that was on full display all week. So I will, of course, dive into all things Tiger Woods on the golf course this week with audio from Tiger before, during, and after the weekend. I'll also get into the supposed controversy that came out of the weekend over Tampon Gate. Never in my life did I think I'd ever be discussing tampons on my golf show, especially when it comes to male players on the PGA Tour. But this is, of course, 2023, and the woke mob and social media were all out to get Tiger after his sophomore joke he played on Justin Thomas. So for those either living under a rock or perhaps you were just busy this weekend, but social media was in a rage over Tiger Woods handing a tampon to Justin Thomas on Thursday during the opening round of the Genesis Open after Tiger outdrove him on one of the holes. So as a joke, and a bad joke at that, Tiger subtly slipped a tampon into the hand of Justin Thomas, and someone caught a picture of it. How they caught a picture of it, I don't know, but of course it is Tiger Woods. And then the internet blows up, and the woke mob went nuts. So I'll dedicate an entire segment to that coming up later in the show. So if you're wondering why I'll skip past that when I recap the Genesis Open in just a few seconds, it's because I'm going to do an entire segment on it coming up later in the show. Well, keep in mind, aside from Tiger, apparently a few other PGA Tour players actually did show up and play, and it wasn't just Tiger out there, even though when you watch the broadcast, it can often feel that way. But the best player in the world showed up in John Rahm, and he regained the number one spot in the official world golf rankings. Scotty Scheffler jumped back to number one after his win last week in Phoenix at the Waste Management Open. 
But with the win this week, Rom is now back at number one in the world golf rankings, as well as number one in the FedEx Cup standings. I'll, of course, dive into all things John Rom with some audio from him following his win. And he was surprisingly a little more candid and open compared to some of his other recent wins. So I'll play that in just a few moments, as well as some audio from an emotional Max Homa who pushed Rom to his limits but came up just short. Also coming up later on the show, I have my first guest of 2023 with Tyler Torrieri, who's the Director of Tour Operations for the Canadian Junior Golf Association. Tyler will join us to talk all things junior golf in Canada, where he explains the pathways for kids and their parents to help them become successful juniors. So if you or your kids have an interest in getting into competitive golf, Tyler is the guy to know. And we had a really interesting chat because he also helps explain some of the success of the likes of Brooke Henderson, Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, and other top Canadian players in the world who they all came through the Canadian Junior Golf Association. So Tyler's got a really good window into some of their success. And I met Tyler out at the Toronto Golf Show a few weeks back and chatted. And I knew he'd be a good guest because just from our conversation, I was like, this guy's going to be a home run on the show. And he didn't disappoint. So that conversation coming up in the third segment of This Week in Golf. So as for anything interesting I got into in the past week, my son surprised me by coming home for the week from university because I guess it's reading week which I didn't know, but he just messaged me on Friday and said, I'm going to be home late tonight because uh, he's up in school in Sault Ste. Marie University at Algoma University, which is a seven and a half hour drive. So it's not like he just drops in often if he was down in Kitchener or, you know, whatever, University of Toronto. But we ended up going out Saturday night to watch some OHL hockey to go watch the Oshawa Generals versus Guelph Storm. It was really exciting. Uh, arena sold out in Oshawa, which was surprising to see because we just bought tickets walk up. And they're like, we're sold out. You can only get standing room. But great atmosphere in the arena. Uh, game went into overtime and then a shootout with Guelph winning. So I definitely got my money's worth. And then we went out for some food and a drink after. So it was nice to have Junior home. And after living in North Bay briefly last year and covering the OHL and the North Bay Battalion, I've really enjoyed junior hockey and uh, been getting out to watch a lot more of it of late. And also my son goes and checks out the Sioux Greyhounds games often in Sault Ste. Marie because there's not much else to do up there. But uh, he's also really into it. So we had a good time had by all. But anyways, let's get into what happened in this week in golf. This week's stop on the PGA Tour was the Genesis Invitational, which is the 16th event of the 2022-23 PGA Tour season and the third designated event. It featured 23 of the top 25 players in the official world golf rankings and 39 out of the top 50, plus all top 30 players in the FedEx Cup standings and all 13 players that have won on tour this season. Of course, tournament host and 82-time PGA Tour winner Tiger Woods made his first start on tour since the 2022 Open Championship. That was back in last July and his first non-major since the 2020 Zozo Championship. Woods' opening round will take place 844 days since his last competitive round in a non-major Tiger's not finished in the top 10 on tour since the 2020 Farmers Insurance Open where he was tied for ninth. And his most recent victory, his 82nd came at the 2019 Zozo Championship. So we're going on four years since Tiger Woods actually won on the PGA Tour. However, while all the attention was on Tiger on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Sunday belonged to John Rahm, who is on one of the hottest streaks in golf in recent memory. He's on absolute fire of late, earning his 10th PGA Tour title and third of the season so far. So Rom has already won three times this season, and it's only February. 
we still have six months left in the season because we go to the end of August or Labor Day week in September, and he's won three times. So there's a realistic chance. I mean, this guy could get six, seven, eight, nine wins just the way he's playing right now. So with Rom's win at the Genesis Invitational, he joins Tiger Woods and Justin Thomas as the only players over the last 40 years to win at least three times within their first six starts of the PGA Tour season. And Tiger did it five separate times, by the way. So that's the kind of gap you see between Tiger and Rom, who is just on absolute fire right now. Well, John Rahm and Max Homa went back and forth all day for most of the final round. Rahm clinched the title with two birdies in the final five holes, which included a 45-foot putt on 14 to secure his third PGA Tour victory in his past five starts. He extended his lead in the FedEx Cup and regained the top spot in the world ranking, celebrating with his wife and children on the 18th green before receiving the trophy from Tiger Woods himself. Rom and Homa were tied a few times during the final round. I watched most of this all week, and it was really fun. But Rom ended up pulling away late and had an easy tap in on 18 to secure the victory. It's all about John Rom right now in the game of golf. Five wins in his last nine starts. Well, Rom's playing the best golf of his life, and he's finally comfortable talking about it and admitting it. Following the win, he was a lot more open than he has been in recent months to the media. And here he is explaining just how being a father has allowed that success and the ability to just block out all the noise around him that comes with being the number one player in the world right now. Of course we feel nervous. Uh, I'm a human being, after all, and I'm aware of the magnitude of this moment in this golf course, right? Uh, I've never had three PGA Tour wins in a season, and to do it this early on is incredible, and to do it at this golf course. I mean, talk about the history of Riviera as a golf course, the history of Tiger Woods as a player, those two combined in this tournament, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And as a historian of the game, to be able to win a tournament hosted by Tiger and the one hosted by Jack as well, it's, it's pretty incredible. So all of that combined, yeah, made me a little bit nervous. Uh, but the blessing that kids can be, um, and they are obviously in many ways, but the fact that I get home, Kepa sees me, right? And Echo can't really still move yet, but Kepa sees me, and all he cares about is dad and playing. So from 5 p.m. until he went down two, two and a half hours, I completely forget about what's going on and what I've done, what I'm doing. It doesn't matter. And if I get back home on time today, it'll be the same thing. It's just... It's so much joy that comes from being with him and from him just having fun that makes an everyday life so much easier, for at least for somebody like me. Ever since they came along, uh, you know, going home after a golf tournament and a golf round is, is a lot easier just because of things like that. I mean, it's playing with his trucks and feeding them. We're doing this, doing that. You know, we showered together, uh, put him down. Just all those moments where he's smiling and so happy is... Is so heartwarming that what happens in the golf course kind of seems, it's very minimized, right? It's not nearly as satisfying as that is. Well, Rom opened the Genesis with a 6-under-65, tying his low score in 17 rounds at Riviera, which came last year in the final round in 2022. So we had an indication really early that this looked like it was going to be John Rom's tournament to lose, and he didn't disappoint, finishing at 17-under par for the weekend, two shots ahead of Max Homa. And with the win, John Rom pockets a cool $3.6 million U.S., and that's why it's one of the elevated events, because the purses are also elevated. 
You could argue that Max Homa has been the second best player in the world behind Rom over the past few months, and he was surprisingly emotional following the loss to Rom on Sunday. More, uh, more proud of the fight or disappointed with the loss? Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm very proud. I did not have it off the tee today, but man, I fought. <clears throat> I really just wanted to push him. I don't know why this happened now. I've been fine for 15 minutes. Wanted to push him. I mean, he is a spectacular golfer. I would say, other than Tiger and I don't even know, he's the most consistent player I've seen. I've known him since college, and he's been like this since then. Number one amateur in the world, number one player in the world, all the all the accolades. Um, I wanted to make him beat me, and I think I did that. I let him off the hook on 13, but man, I, I it was cool to see myself push him and not feel like I had 100% of my game. I play great everywhere but the off the tee to on that back nine, but I mean, it is what it is. I was going to have to put up a pretty remarkable score. I think it's pretty amazing going against someone like John. You know he's going to play well, so it's almost comforting knowing you're just going to have to play better. He's not going to fold. So I am uh, I'm not disappointed in my golf. I'm just disappointed in the ending. Now, I thought after Homa being really emotional there, which was really surprising that he would kind of gather himself for the next question, but he didn't because he continued with his emotions explaining just how much this tournament means to him and how upset he was at not being able to track down Rom on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing for me. I wish they'd be a bit nicer to John. It wasn't exactly. I like cheering. I'm not a huge fan of booing unless it's at a, or cheering for bad shots unless it's at waste management. Um, so... But it's amazing to have the support. It hurts me not to, when I won in 21, nobody was here, you know, and it hurts me not to be able to do that with everyone here, my family and friends. But um, I tried, man. Sorry, this tournament just means a lot to me, so it's like an emotional release. Um, but yeah, the, the support I get here is so cool, so. I'm going to win it again uh, and be able to do it in front of all these people. So, yeah, that's that. I wish DJ was here for a good joke. but Oh, man, he's got squirrels stuck in his attic right now, so he's in a whole other world. Doubt he even watched any golf today. Now, you heard Homa say, oh, you know, it's just a release there. And that's what he, people don't understand. You know, we saw this at the Super Bowl with the Eagles head coach, you know, bawling, crying during the national anthem at the beginning because when you put all this kind of work into what you do, Think of the long hours, you know, how many practice sessions, the flights, you know, being away from your kids and the wife and all that, staying in some of these dumpy hotels. Not that they stay in too many dumps, but, you know, some of the cities aren't necessarily, you know, glamorous European cities like you would be if you were playing on the ATP tennis tour, whether in, you know, Monaco and Paris and London. But some of the cities in the PGA tour are not exactly overly glamorous. So the hotel's not exactly top notch, but all that dedication, you see it on NFL draft night, NBA draft night guys just bawling because think of all you know the weight room sessions the early mornings all of it and then once it's finally done there's that huge emotional release and that's kind of what we're seeing there from Max Homa I, you know some people were kind of slight I'm like you don't get the amount of hours these guys put into doing what they do and sometimes it's just your body telling you hey you got to let that go um, and that's kind of some of the reasons why we're seeing that emotion out of Homa now in spite of the incredible form both Max Homa and John Rahm have been on over the past few weeks, they were the undercard this week, or perhaps the opening band because Tiger Woods was back in town. 
prior to the start of the week, Tiger gave his thoughts on finally being back playing, and he had this to say. Well, I, I, the, the plan was to play. Uh, whether or not this body would listen to me or not uh, was the main question. And I, I've been, as I told some of you guys that were down at, at the Hero, and, and father-son, I, I mean, I, I can do the Ranger Rick thing, and so I can hit golf balls and do all that stuff. It's matter what I have the endurance in my leg, and we've been pushing it pretty good and um, been able to recover each and every day, which is great. So I'm excited about being able to compete and play and play here at Riviera where basically it all started. So uh, I'm excited to get out there and play and play tomorrow and uh, get, get a nice little taste and feel for it. A little colder than I thought. <laughs> So I'll get used to that and uh, get ready for Thursday. You got to check out some of the sounds from the opening tee at Riviera on Thursday when Tiger was finally able to play some golf. actually got to laugh at that the announcer there saying hey this isn't phoenix this isn't the waste management because the crowds were really rowdy and that's what it is like in phoenix every week but not necessarily the case at the genesis invitational well tiger had the sports world buzzing with an opening round 69 and he looked physically well not limping around much like we've seen in recent months when he played at the match and the pnc championship with his kid he looks good and fairly healthy and here's an upbeat Tiger following his first round of real golf in quite some time. I, you know, I, I was able to simulate nerves at home because I've come off layoffs before and I was able to simulate that stuff. But there's nothing like come game time. Uh, just the feeling of the butterflies and trying to calm all that stuff down. The adrenaline, the ball goes further. Even though it's cold out here, it was going even further than, I, than we expected. Um, I had to dial all that back in. Joey hadn't seen me hit a golf ball in a while, and so obviously he's, his feels are, we're, we're trying to get, you know, the, the feels for out there and, and the shots and the distances, um, and we adapted very quickly, and uh, as I was alluding to earlier, it was an uh, unbelievable pairing, so to have those two great guys and uh, two great loops on the bag, uh, you know, Bonesy and Joey go back forever, so um, it was a lot of fun. Well, his second round of golf was a little shakier, shooting a 74, which left him right in the cut line and forcing him to hang around for several hours, hoping he could slide into the cut line for a chance to play the weekend. I was watching the leaderboard, and it was like, okay, he's out, he's in, he's out, he's in. You know, every 10 minutes it was changing, and obviously Tiger wasn't overjoyed at his 74 on Friday, and he had this to say following his round. Well, before, I, I would use the ground um, and push off and... Uh, could be explosive. I don't have that ability anymore. So a lot of it's just purely core strength, but also being very careful because my back is fused. So uh, yes, I can hit the ball harder, but it's just, <laughs> you know, I, I got to be very careful in, in how I go about that. Um, there's things technically that, that we have found that work, but if I try and step on it and use the ground, it just doesn't happen anymore. So um, but if I step on it, use my core too much, then my, my back's not very good. So uh, I got to be very careful in how I go about that. But yes, this is what I, I've been doing at home. This is the speed I've, I've been hitting it. And I don't have the high one um, like, like some of these guys do, like the two guys in my group. They, they can hit that ball and send it. Uh, I don't have that because of the limitations in my back and my, my leg. Well, Tiger Woods, of course, did make the cut and play the weekend where he finished T45 and one under par. 
So at least a moral victory of sorts by just being able to play four rounds. And the thing is, he doesn't look anywhere near done. He hasn't played a competitive round for seven months, but he was out there with the world's best, and he appears more than capable of competing at a really high level. And in all honesty, if he played more regularly, I, I think there's a chance he could win again, believe it or not. Like, I was beyond skeptical he could. I was skeptical he could even finish the weekend. If you listen to last week's show, I didn't think he'd make the cut or be able to finish the weekend, but he did, and he actually looked pretty good in doing so. So it was, it was really surprising. Now, I believe Tiger could win again, maybe, on the PGA Tour. Well, keep in mind, you know, a lot of guys bounce to LIV, so the field's not quite as competitive. And after his performance this weekend, I've got to think we see him at least one more time before the Masters, if not twice, because he, he looked that good. And so I sent a message to Alex Myers from Golf Digest, who I had on the show last year. He's you know, one of the premier writers in golf. And I asked him, you know, if Tiger does play again before Augusta, where do you think it makes most sense? And he said, I'd like it to be at Bay Hill based on his track record there, but it wouldn't be the best look for the PGA Tour if he skips the players, which is the players' championship. So Bay Hill is the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which will happen just coming up in a few weeks, March 2nd to 5th. And the players' championship is the following week, March 9th to 12th. And both are in Florida, which is not far from Tiger's home. He's in Jupiter, Florida. So anything is possible at this point based on how good he looked this weekend. And so, you know, this is what happens. Everyone starts, you know, <laughs> getting overzealous and Tiger should play every week. And, you know, obviously come Sunday, he, he didn't look as good as he did on Thursday. He was limping around a little, but still, you know, you wonder maybe if he was putting that on for the camera. But this is all good news because we all win because it's looking really good that we may see more Tiger Woods than expected. Well, when the start of the year happened, we didn't think we'd see him at all. And now, you know, we play this weekend. There's a good chance we might see him once more before Augusta coming up in April. And we're definitely going to see him at Augusta, God willing. So stick around for my next segment where I take a deep dive into this whole issue of Tiger giving the tampon to Justin Thomas and all the controversy surrounding it. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mr. McKee and subscribe to This Week in Golf on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, wherever it is you prefer to listen to your podcast. I'm Chris McKee and you're listening to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. You're listening to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee, on Saga 960. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960am.ca. You're tuned in to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee, on Saga 960. Welcome back to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mr. McKee and subscribe to This Week in Golf on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, wherever it is you prefer to listen to your podcast. Now, when we learned the news of Tiger Woods returning to the PGA Tour this week at the Genesis Open, I had a few different expectations of what perhaps some of the talking points could be coming out of the weekend and at the end of all four rounds. One possibility was that Tiger was done. If he wasn't able to physically play in two rounds or even all four, then some may say he's done and it's time to shut it down. 
Now, that didn't happen, thankfully, and Tiger did make the cut and play all four rounds, and aside from parts of Sunday, he looked mostly capable of playing a full weekend of golf, so that talking point was put to rest for now. Then another possibility heading into the weekend was that Tiger was back and ready to compete at a high level. I mean, it was possible he comes out, tears up the course like he did at Sunday at Augusta back in 2019, and the golf and sports world goes insane like we did a few years back after his magical win at the Masters back in 2019. Well, that didn't happen either, but it was a possibility. Now, one possibility of a potential worldwide news story that I didn't anticipate becoming this huge talking point was Tiger Woods and a feminine hygiene product. Tiger Woods and a tampon took over not just the sports news cycle this weekend, but the mainstream news cycle. The woke mob and pearl clutchers were out in full force all weekend at the news that during the opening round of the Genesis Open at Riviera, Tiger Woods slipped a tampon into the hands of Justin Thomas after outdriving him on one of the holes. Now, when I got into sports media several years ago and then got the privilege of having my own radio show on golf about a year ago, at no point did I ever think I would need to discuss tampons on my show, but here we are in 2023. So here's the deal. Did I think it was funny that Tiger Woods slipped a tampon in the hands of Justin Thomas? The answer is no. It wasn't funny in the slightest. It was sophomoric, immature, in poor taste, cheesy, just all around lame. It was all of those things 100%. It was lame. However, the one thing it wasn't... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Was offensive. If you're part of the social media mob that was offended by this action, you're part of the problem with society as a whole today. What that was was a bad joke in poor taste made between two guys who are very close friends and have been for many years. If you're offended by this, have you asked yourself... Has there ever been a time that you and one of your close friends have been out at a restaurant or in public or any public setting and cracked a quiet joke amongst each other at someone else walking by or at another table? If you answered no, that you and your friend would never do such a thing, then it's time you start to question why you don't have any closer friends in your life. Because this is what people do. This tiny, silly action ended up being blown up on social media with a bunch of people who haven't watched more than 30 seconds of the PGA Tour in the past decade, and it allowed them an opportunity to project the misery of their own life upon Tiger Woods and the rest of the world. I have a friend that works in radio and TV here in Canada and is a fairly well-known personality. I won't name her because she's an old friend. But her take on Twitter on this subject was so ridiculous, I won't put her on blast, but I know for a fact this woman knows absolutely nothing about Tiger, and I can also guarantee she hasn't watched eight seconds of golf at any point in the past decade. But now she's chiming in on how disgusting this was for Tiger, quote, as a girl dad, and that he must do better in life because this was so appalling to her. Now, if you pay no attention to a sport or anything else in life, you don't all of a sudden get to chime in on that subject and give your opinion. This has become a major societal problem. Whatever happened to minding your own business? Is that even possible anymore? 
apparently not. So I, I don't watch curling or Broadway musicals, which then should exclude me from discussing the nuances or controversies surrounding curling or Broadway musicals. It's none of my business, and so it shouldn't be yours. I saw an article by Emily Tannenbaum from Glamour magazine who wrote, quote, Personally, I wonder if Tiger Woods knows we're dealing with a national tampon shortage. Has he ever heard the term period poverty? According to a 2019 study by Always, one in five girls in the U.S. has missed school due to the lack of period products. Okay, it's Glamour magazine, so maybe Emily Tannenbaum gets a pass for her ridiculous projection on Tiger. But... Then we have Farrell Evans from Sports Illustrated wrote, quote, A tampon is a very useful, low-cost, and portable prop to exploit many stereotypes about women would seem to give Thomas the tampon because his driving performance was reminiscent of the weaker sex in his mind. He is more of a man than his 29-year-old protege from Kentucky because he was the longer hitter, playful or not. This is the kind of mindset that once limited women's rights to participate in certain roles in the military and in organized sports. Unquote. That's Sports Illustrated writing that. So here's the deal. This outrage over every little thing in society needs to stop and there needs to be a major pushback starting now. Because where does it end? At what point does this insane ideology end? Like I stood by idly in the late 90s and early 2000s when political correctness entered the picture and most of it was reasonable at the time. You know, old jokes that were acceptable in the 1980s and 90s needed to be checked and altered because society was changing. And of course, we can't just go back to allowing every racist and sexist joke under the sun to be okay and allowed in any public form. Like we needed to make some changes in sports and society as a whole. That was a given. But then it was pushed back further and further. And now we're at a point in society where two golf superstars can't even crack a joke inside the ropes of their insanely intense job. I mean, being a professional golfer is literally one of the more challenging jobs in the world. Want to be one? Okay, start trying tomorrow. Let me know how that goes for you. So when you have a stressful job, you're allowed to crack a few jokes somewhere in the mix, you know, just to maybe try and lighten the mood. But I've reached this point in my life where I'm now sick of the woke mob and the pearl clutchers freaking out at every little thing that triggers them and offends them. Well, more often than not, it doesn't really offend them, but it's just an opportunity to propel themselves on social media and get clicks. And it's also an opportunity for them to take down someone else in society who has more than them. Tiger Woods is a billionaire athlete, so let's chip away at everything he is and stands for. That's their mindset. Again... I thought the joke was lame and crass, but it's also none of my business. Just like the jokes I crack with my friends of 20 or 30 years are none of yours. We say and do things amongst each other that I would never do or say with someone at work or in a social setting with people, you know, just acquaintances. Do this with my best friends and so do you. Don't say you don't. Tiger tried to do this subtly, like hand JT the tampon, but someone took a picture of it, and it just blew up, and I'm just so over the woke mob coming for everyone and everything. I mean, part of me wishes Tiger had a bit more guts and just came out and said, get a life, it was a joke, okay, maybe you didn't think it was funny, but it was a joke, get over it and get over yourself. But instead, he was pressured into giving a half-assed apology, which sounded like this. Yeah, it was supposed to be, you know, all fun and games, but obviously it's, it, it hasn't turned out that way, and if I had offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having having fun, and um, as I said, if, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. Um, it was not intended to be that way, 
Um, it's just, you know, we, we play pranks on one another all the time. And uh, virally, I, I think this did not come across that way. But between us, it was it's different. And in true 2023 fashion, the same people offended by that tampon joke were also offended by his apology. And that's why we as a society need to stop catering to these maniacs who are so easily offended. We as a society as a whole need to push back against this ideology because if we allow them to continue to push the line backwards and backwards, eventually we'll all be pressed against the wall and unable to crack a joke of any kind and allow any sort of moments with our close friends or families. Another thing the social media mob chiming in doesn't realize is who Tiger Woods actually is. I mean, this is a guy that didn't have the upbringing of you and I. He was a child star and a prodigy and pushed into the public eye since a very young age. Now, I'm not making excuses for Tiger because he's done some pretty crappy things in his life, but this tampon thing certainly isn't one of them. This is just the social media mob looking for something to be outraged about today, and then they'll be on to something and someone else tomorrow to be outraged about. I guarantee it. Give it three days. This Tiger thing will be forgotten. They'll be on to something else. But back to Tiger's upbringing. When you have the childhood and life he's had, He's missed out on learning how to interact with most people. And he was always surrounded by yes men who laughed at every joke, no matter how crass or off color it was, because he was Tiger Woods. So this is a guy that never really properly learned what socially is acceptable and what isn't acceptable because he lives in a completely different universe than the rest of us. And these are, you know, the woke mob doesn't understand this. Now, I had Armin Katayan on my show last year, who was the author of the definitive book on Tiger Woods. It's called Tiger. Go check it out. I've read it twice. And I asked him about Tiger's upbringing. And here's what Armin, the author of the Tiger Woods book, had to say on that subject. I'm of the thought that Tiger, there's more parallels with Tiger with Michael Jackson than there is with Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, Michael Jackson and Tiger never really had a childhood. You think maybe that's a fair assessment? That's an absolutely fair assessment. I think it's a very uh, wise look at something because Michael's upbringing, Jordan's upbringing was, um, I don't think anywhere near as complicated as Tiger's where Michael Jackson was certainly with his father um, was under the same kind of microscope and pressures that, that Tiger Woods found himself in. And, you know, you can look at other, child stars you know tiger was on the the mike douglas show a variety show in the afternoon in the states very popular show in the in the 70s and in uh late 70s and the early 80s he was on that show at two and a half years old so he's been in the spotlight really almost from the time he could talk and um i don't you know i don't even know how to kind of come to grips with something like that. And one of the things that Jeff and I really worked hard on in the book was not to be judgmental, to just let the facts as best as we could report them speak for themselves and let the reader come to their own conclusions as the book evolves. Well, the moral to the story is if this offends you, you are the problem, not Tiger. Get a grip on your own life. And unless something affects you directly or personally, mind your own business and stay the hell out of ours. It's time we cancel, cancel culture, because this has gone too far, and it's got to stop. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Mr. McKee, and subscribe to This Week in Golf on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever it is you prefer to listen to your podcast. I'm Chris McKee, and you're listening to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. You're tuned in to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee, on Saga 960. Oh,
Okay, Lamborghini Mercy, yo chick she so thirsty. I'm in that two C Lambo with your girl, she tryna turn on me. Hey, Lamborghini Mercy, yo chick she so thirsty. I'm in that two C Lambo with your girl, she tryna turn on me. Stream us live at Saga960AM.ca. You're tuned in to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee, on Saga 960. We're the best music! Another one. Yeah. Another one. DJ Khaled! Calling my phone like I'm locked up nonstop. From the plane to the helicopter, yeah. Cops pulling up like I'm giving drugs out, nah, nah. I'm a pop star, not a doctor. Well, welcome back to This Week in Golf on Saga 960. I'm your host, Chris McKee. My next guest is the Director of Tour Operations for the Canadian Junior Golf Association. I'm joined by Tyler Torrieri. Tyler, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate you having me. So for those unfamiliar, can you explain exactly what the Canadian Junior Golf Association is and who's involved with running the operations? Yeah, so we are a national junior golf association. We we operate events right across Canada from BC all the way to PEI. Um, we, we have 140 tournaments uh, year round. Uh, we're looking to keep keep growing. Last year we did about 110, and then this year we're just pushing the envelope to keep providing more opportunities to junior golfers in this country. And um, you know th this is our actually our 30th year of operation, which is a pretty incredible milestone. So we're looking forward to really promoting that. How long have you been involved? This will be my seventh year involved now. I started as an intern uh, in 2016, and then kind of worked my way up, and here here I am today, kind of running the running the operations for for the country. So just so the listeners have an understanding of why the Canadian Junior Golf Association is so important, can you run through some of the recent alumni that have gone on to do some big things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, pretty much any Canadian touring pro that is on, you know, the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, uh, PGA Tour Canada and Corn Ferry Tour, they've all come through our program. You know, the Mac Hughes, uh, Nick Taylor, Corey Connors, Taylor Pendrith, the list goes on and on. And um, you're seeing a lot more of those younger pros that are, you know, playing on the Cactus Tour, or, you know, getting starts on the PGA Tour Canada that are coming up that have recently come through a system that, um, you know, are going to make an impact at the next level. So it's really exciting to see. And of course, Brooke Henderson. Obviously, that's the biggest yeah, one. Yeah. She actually, uh, when when she was younger, both her and Brittany, her sister, who's on the bag for, they both won our national championships multiple times uh, growing up. So that's uh, we we do a lot of promotion with her, and um, we're very excited. Obviously, she's, uh, in my opinion, the best uh, Canadian golfer of all time. Yeah, I'm. Hey, you're preaching to the choir on that. So, so Tyler, I came up playing hockey and soccer, and I know those youth systems really well. So, I want to get a better better understanding of the Canadian golf junior system. So, let's start with the youngsters. You have players as young as age four involved in certain tournaments and stuff like that. So, what what kind of goals are you looking for, and what sort of events are you looking to do for kids that young? Yeah. So, the way that our our tour works is we have two separate tours. So. For the, our younger kids, it's called our Linkster Tour, and that's from ages 4 to 14. And, and to be honest, we actually had a 3-year-old this past year that was playing on the tour, which was which was crazy to see. But um, they the, the goal of those events isn't more so, you know, to win. It's, hey, let's get you in the competitive environment of golf. Let's see if you like tournament golf. Parents can caddy. There's a stroke limit on every hole. It's more so about fun, getting them in the environment, you know, even parent parent bonding time with their children. Um, very, very relaxed on the rules. If you break a rule, it's not a big deal. We'll just explain to you what happened, you know, and then just kind of send you on your way. 
Um, so that's kind of what we're doing. And across the country, we have 65 events for that tour. So if, if you have a junior that's looking to get into golf, that's a great way to really get them into that competitive environment. So you mentioned three-year-old. Obviously, I had a flash of a young Tiger Woods come into mind there. But, you know, obviously his son, Charlie, down playing. Have any of, you know, the kids from Canada been down to compete against Charlie on any of these junior tours? Yeah, so we actually did. We, we partnered with um, a tour called the Nota Begay the Third Junior Golf National Championship. So we run qualifiers up in Canada for them. And then the players get to go down to the U.S. to compete in regional qualifiers and then make it to the finale that's in Louisiana. And uh, we had a couple players play in the same qualifier that Charlie and Tiger actually played in uh, in Florida. So that was a cool experience for them. And then we had a couple that made it to the finale that Tiger and Charlie were also at in Louisiana. So there's lots of opportunities through us that can get players from Canada down to big events in the U.S. and then, you know, to those major events. So I'm joined by Tyler Torrieri, Canadian Junior Golf Association. So in most sports, when kids get to their teenage years, they start to get separated, like in hockey, triple A, double A, single A. I mean, does the Canadian Junior Golf Association have anything similar like that? And so to make sure the kids are competing with other kids at a similar level. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of the premise of our junior tour. So once they're done the Linkster tour, they've graduated to the junior tour. And that's for players ages 10 to 19. And it's, it's for those high-level competitive players that are looking to get to, you know, the provincial teams or college or university golf or, you know, even professional golf. Some some players just skip college or university entirely. Um, that's more competitive where we're following the rules. Um, you know, if you make a mistake, there are consequences, just like on the PGA Tour or, you know, any tour. Um, and and we, we, we really strive to teach those players the values of the game, not only – on the course, but I mean, how to be, you know, a good competitor and a good person in the industry. And that's, that's kind of what we've done with that tour. So for any parents or kids out there interested in kind of getting involved and in competing in a few tournaments, where do they start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you go to our website, cjga.com, um, it has a pretty comprehensive breakdown of each separate tour. Um, there's a registration function where you just have to create an account and you can view every single tournament across the country and you can divide it by region. It's very, very easy to work. And um, my email is also on there. If you have any questions, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer any. So we talked about Brooke Henderson earlier, um, and obviously, you know, seven years, you got to see a little bit of her progress as a junior and stuff. But can you pinpoint maybe one or two things that, you know, maybe you or maybe some of your predecessors talked about that was like, nah, she's a little different than maybe some of the other kids um, was, you know, what age did that maybe separation start with Brooke? Yeah, I mean, I caught the tail end of Brooke. Um, so just from what I've heard is just that that killer instinct. I mean, you hear it all the time with you know, big time athletes in, in any sport that, you know, to get to that next level, you just have to have that instinct of, Hey, it's, it's go time, time to win this event or time to win this game, whatever it is. Um, but I mean, the fact that when she was playing, I'm pretty sure she almost won every single event she played. So that's a pretty good indicator of, Hey, you know, she's, she's a little different than, uh, you know, a normal junior golfer. So I was no surprise. I think she made her tour debut at 14, which is, which is crazy. Right. So she was just different. So how willing have, you know, maybe Brooke or some of the other top men been to come back and help out with some of the kids today going on, some of the events you guys have going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we get a lot of support from them. Um, we have a major ping event every year. That's our match play event at Kings Forest in Hamilton. And Mac Hughes helps out with that because he's from Dundas and he's a ping player. So um, he uh, he's helped out with that a lot. And then in the past, we've had, you know, Graham Dillette, David Hearn, They've done like junior programs with with Graham. We did a 
Canada East versus Canada West Ryder Cup style event in Saskatchewan, where Graham's from. And uh, with David, we did a um, uh, an event series throughout the season across the country, and then players got invited um, and we covered their expenses to come to the event, which was actually in St. Catharines, where, where David's from. And uh, he put on a clinic for the kids and, you know, answered questions for them. So we're very grateful for all of the support that we get from these tour pros, because obviously they're very busy as well. Um, so any time that they can give us is greatly appreciated. So Tyler, I do the play-by-play in basketball for Orangeville Prep, which is, you know, the top high school basketball program in Canada. We have a bunch of guys playing NCAA basketball and six or seven guys in the NBA, including Jamal Murray and Lou Gansdor and a bunch of other guys. And, you know, when I was growing up, I was a pretty good athlete, but, you know, the idea of scholarships and stuff was never really presented to us kind of back in the 90s. So that's my motivation for helping out some of the kids in basketball. So maybe what's some of your motivation for, for being involved with the kids and, and kind of helping out with this level? Yeah. I mean, when I came out of, out of school, I never really, I was never big into golf, but then, you know, I landed this job and um, kind of fell in love with it. And over the years, it's, it's, it's fascinating to see, you know, some kids when, when I came in, when they were, you know, seven, eight years old, and now they're, you know, 15, 16 years old that, you know, they're moving on to those big events and playing for the national team. And, um, and, and and really excelling in the game. And that, I mean, the hope obviously is that they'll go on to the tour. And, you know, now that I'm in this position, providing more opportunities for players, whether it's, you know, in the country, going down to the U.S. for all these qualifiers or, you know, getting to know coaches and saying, hey, when coaches come to me and ask, you know, is this player, because most of the time it's not about the golf, because at, at a certain point, the golf takes care of itself. It's more so, is this a good person? You know, how do they act off the golf course? And, you know, I'm happy to give recommendations for those players that, you know, show class on and off the course. So any two or three kids coming through, I'm sure you got a whole bunch, but maybe any two or three kids in the teenage year coming through the Canadian Junior Golf Association that you're like, I think this young man or woman is maybe a little different than some of the other kids out there. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton. And, and it's, it's great to see junior golf in Canada really growing and becoming more of a national sport. Um, there's, there's definitely a couple. So Lucy Lynn, who Monday qualified for the uh, CP women's open this year in Ottawa. Um, I think she's 12 years old. She's turning 13 this year. So she's definitely one to watch. She's already got a tour start on tour start under her belt. And, um, on the man, the male side, Eric Zhao is an absolute stud. Uh, he's 13 now he's winning tournaments against 19, 20 year olds. Um, he plays for the national team. So he's a stud. And then you have your older players, um, on the female side, like, um, Katie Cranston and, and uh, Nicole Gall, who are going on to play university and college golf now, but they, you know, dominated the junior ranks. And um, it's going to be exciting to see where they take this. So, Tyler, I mean, Saga 960, where we're on right now, the listening area is pretty much kind of like Kitchener-Waterloo to out-Durham region. Any big junior tournaments coming up within that range that maybe our listeners can either, one, come check out or even maybe get involved with themselves kind of within, you know, between Kitchener and Durham? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our our Ontario schedule is predominantly GTA based. Uh, we do venture out to, you know, Barrie or Niagara Falls, London, and even to Ottawa area. Um, but it, any, any event that you see on our schedule that's within the area, feel free to come check it out. We have, we're running 50 um, in Ontario alone this year. So there's a lot of opportunities for players to play or to come watch or, um, you know, just enjoy the action. But there's definitely um, a lot of opportunities there. 
I think I got to get myself, I'll got to get out there with my recorder and talk to some of the kids. We'll feature them on the show. So uh, hopefully we'll stay in touch over the summer and, and keep me uh, up to date on anything kind of local. But Chris McKee with Tyler Torrieri, Canadian Junior Golf Association. So just finishing off, Tyler, I mean, let's talk about the development of Canadian golf on the men's side. You know, we've seen Mackenzie Hughes, Adam Svensson win within just the past few months. Nick Taylor, you know, um, almost had a shot this past weekend down in Phoenix. But what do you think the difference has been for those guys maybe over the past year that's kind of helped propel, you know, the men's side of golf to the, to the level it's at right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it, uh, the, the fact that we're seeing so many male players in specific, not only winning on tour, but making it to the tour. I think I just saw a stat the other day. It's the first time we've had four or five Canadians in the top 100 of the official world golf ranking, which again is, um, is a, a great number. And, I know when we with, with our we, we work with Golf Canada a lot, and I know their goal is to have, you know, thirty players, thirty male players on the PGA Tour by twenty thirty, and they're well on their way to that goal now. Like you said, with Adam Spenson winning, you know, a couple months ago, and Max Hughes winning, and Nick Taylor with the T two at the Waste Management this past weekend. I don't know what to attribute that to. Maybe just finally, it just everything clicks, and you know, it probably speaks to the level of coaching and progress that we've made up in up in Canada, but. Um, it's very exciting to see. Do they have a goal to get any guys on LIV? Is that in, in any of the literature yet? <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. We'll see where that leads. <laughs> well, Tyler, you know, just finishing up, one, where can, obviously you mentioned the website, but on social media, where can people connect with the Canadian Junior Golf Association? And also, where can they connect with you personally? Yeah, absolutely. So on social media, on, on any platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, even TikTok, um, it's at Golf. Um, we, we post content pretty much every day. Uh, my, my communications manager, Blake Sloan, does a great job with that. Um, and and if, you, if you have any questions over social media, feel free to DM. He's very quick to answer. And then with myself, uh, my, my email is tyler.torrieri at cjga.com. It's on the website. It's very tough to spell, so I won't, I won't try to do that for you. But um, uh, any questions that anybody has, please feel free to reach out. We're, we're more than happy to help, and I hope to see some people out on the golf course this year. Awesome. Tyler, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me. You're tuned in to This Week in Golf with your host, Chris McKee, on Saga 960. Time to move on. Time to be strong. Don't stop now. Straight to the top now. That's what I need. Someone to truly No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.